So we now move into a new, a whole new season, this season of Advent through much of December. And then we come to Christmas Day and then the 12 days of Christmas and then Epiphany and all the seasons continue to move forward. Advent is a fairly, not new season, but it's not as old as Passover and Easter and some of these ancient traditions that have roots in the Hebrew scriptures. In fact, they say that Jesus was probably not born on December 25th. <laughs> Surprise, the big reveal. Um, but he was probably born in spring. And they say that how the season of Christmas came about is that the Christians began to outnumber many of the citizens and peoples within the Roman Empire. And the solstice was a great celebration when the sun and the light begins to return and the days get longer. And they had a day called Saturnalia. There's a pagan feast day, essentially. And the Christians made perhaps a political move by saying, we're going to celebrate the earthly birth of our Savior on December 25th, which is right close to this Roman pagan feast day. And some might say, oh, well, then we have pagan roots, and we should uproot that and not have Christmas anymore, or perhaps move it to another day that would be more appropriate. But I believe that that's a proper day to celebrate it. A day when the light returns to the world and days grow longer. And also, we're called to be co-redeemers with Christ. The things of this world that are broken or lead us astray, or perhaps simply away from the truth or the deeper mystery of God, Christ comes so that we can participate in the renewal of these things. And so I believe it's a fine and proper thing to celebrate Christmas on December 25th. And so we come into Advent, which is a season of expectation, a season of yearning. We look back to when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in a manger, and we remember the stories of the shepherds and the angels and the other themes that we'll be reading about in the next few weeks. But it's not so much about remembering how Christ was born in the manger, how baby Jesus came into this world. It's more about yearning for the completion of this Christ work, yearning for Christ to return and complete the work that he began 2,000 years ago. So over the next few weeks, familiar scenes will flood our readings, the manger and Bethlehem and angels and a young mother. And many things will begin to make us nostalgic. Certain 
songs or scenes or scents may remind us of the holidays. And yet, before we get to the nativity scene on this first Sunday in Advent, Jesus offers us a vision that speaks to the futility of rushing things, of rushing to the end or to the end times. And Jesus offers us a vision that also speaks to the futility of losing oneself in revelry. Jesus said to the disciples, But about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. So often we hear Christians or other people talking about end times, and then we have these false prophets or false preachers who do mathematics and look at numbers, and they say, oh, we've figured it out. The end days is going to start on this day. And I don't know where they get the gall or the audacity, especially when Jesus is saying right here, no one knows the hour or the day. But we need to be prepared. That's the thing. But we're not necessarily preparing for the end. We're preparing to participate in the newness. We're to embody the hope and the promise of Christ in the now and in the very present moment. Advent is about expectation and yearning. It's about seeking the completion of things. It's a time when we should really lean in and cast vision with Christ and see where our values and our work and our life is lining up with Christ's vision, with the coming kingdom. This is a time to reflect on our interior person and the steps we put forth for ourselves, and to see where are we going, to slow down, to pause, and to see if the vision we have for our life is in alignment with the kingdom vision, with Christ's vision. And so often we don't even consider these things. Maybe New Year's comes and we make some grand resolution, but we're called to be a vision people, to slow down and consider these deeper things even now, not just for a day, but for a season. And then to seek to live fully into this. To embody that hope and that peace and that purpose and even that struggle as we move through into the promise. This passage can at times be a little problematic. People want to dig in here and try and figure out when the last day will be. Or they look in here and they say, oh, one will be at the mill and the other will be taken away and two will be in a bed and one will, will be, be raptured away, essentially. There's some problematic theology that has come from these passages. This rapture theology, which some of us may have grown up in, starting with myself, my grandparents have this painting in one of the bedrooms in their home. 
And it has all of, it's a cityscape and it has a cemetery here. And some spirits are being raptured up. And then you have people driving and like the driver's being raptured up. And it's just a crazy scene. Very exciting. Growing up looking at that, I just spent so much time looking at it like, oh, that one's going to make it. I wouldn't want to be the passenger in that car and other such things. But the thing is, this is not good theology. Rapture theology is less than 200 years old. And it's essentially escapist. It's us trying to escape the world and have this disembodied spirituality where some are taken and some are left. But we're called to have an embodied theology. It's not that our spirits go up and we're away. But we're to do the work now. It's not that we look forward to the end times, but we look forward to the next day. We look forward to the newness and the first day in the eternal season. And we participate in that eternity now because we are called to be an eternity people, a Christ people. This is what dwells within us and the fruit that comes from us. And when we fall or struggle or have pain, it's that Christ within us that comforts and consoles and holds us and prepares us to be a people who is empathetic, who is loving, who is caring and discerning. But it's a journey, and it's not so much us, but Christ in us that makes us a people, that grows us and deepens us and matures us. So I pray that as we lean into this Advent season, that we expect great things that we cast vision, that we take time to slow down and consider what gifts, what skills, what abilities might I give to the coming kingdom? How might I live into the promise even now in my vocation, in my occupation, in my status, in my neighborhood, in my faith community? How might I live more fully into Christ's promise for each of us. How, mo- how might I love better? How might I allow others to love me better? Might we all enter into this season expecting wonderful things and yearning for the fullness of Christ's return? Let us pray. Lord, we praise you and we thank you We thank you that you comfort us and console us, that you breathe into us, that you have prepared a way for us. Let us lean into your promise, O Lord. Let us not stagnate or become static, O Lord, but lean into the dynamic promise you have for us. Give us faith, O Holy One, to move forward and to participate in this co-redemptive work. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.